Welcome to episode 38 of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in downtown Thomasville, Georgia, and today I'm recapping the books I read in August. Before we get started, I just wanted to thank everyone um, for continuing to listen to our little podcast. Um, we took a break last week. I'm trying to come up with a schedule for this fall of um, what kind of interviews we want to do and what kind of topics we want to cover. So just two quick um, favors that you could do for us if you're a um, regular listener of the podcast. Um, first of all, um, thank you so much for ranking and reviewing us on iTunes. Another way that you can help us is by subscribing, whether it's in your podcast app on your phone or if you want to um, subscribe through another app that you use to listen to podcasts. So it's really simple. It's actually even easier than ranking and reviewing us. So Whatever avenue you choose to listen to us, um, if it's through an app on your phone, if you wouldn't mind subscribing, especially if you're a fan of what we do here, um, that enables us to reach a, um, some more listeners and to get people um, kind of on our radar and us on theirs. <laughs> so um, that's a quick favor you could do for us. And another thing um, is if you have any ideas of what kinds of interviews or topics you'd like to see us cover, um, we want to provide you with an inside look at the bookshelf. We also um, want to kind of give you an inside look into what life is like here uh, in South Georgia, so in the southern part of the country. Um, so if you have any ideas on topics to cover as far as books or the South or small business, um, our favorite topics to talk about here on the front porch, um, then please just send us an email um, or comment on our Instagram or Twitter, um, and I'll give you all of that information at the end of the podcast. Um, but you can also always email us through the store website or at Annie at bookshelfthomasil.com, and that's Annie, A-N-N-I-E. So uh, let's go ahead and get started. Um, I feel like in July, I was in a little bit of a reading rut. Um, and I think that was mostly, I don't know, it gets really hot here. And I, I read, but I didn't really read a ton of good things. Um, August was a little better, um, definitely better in terms of quantity. Um, and then I've read a couple of uh, really good books that I'm hoping to recommend to you today. Um, because I covered so many, or because I read so many books in August, I want to go ahead and jump right in. Uh, the first book I read was The Things We Keep by Sally Hepworth. Um, this was an advanced reader copy, um, and in fact, it was a super advanced reader copy, meaning there, meaning there wasn't a cover really to this book. Um, this book doesn't release until January, so you do have to wait a little while, um, but I think it could be worth the wait. So um, this was one a sales rep, rep sent me, and I kind of kept waiting to read it. I stuck it on the bottom of my stack. Um, and finally she kind of reached out and asked me if I had read it. So I did <laughs> in, um, in just a day or two, I went ahead and jumped right in, finished it quickly. Um, it is the story of two women, uh, Anna Forrester, who is a 38 year old woman with Alzheimer's disease, uh, early onset Alzheimer's and Eve Bennett, a single mom and a cook, um, at the assisted living facility where Anna lives. Uh, those two storylines uh, kind of cross over and you kind of get glimpses into each woman's life. Um, this book covers some heavy-ish territory, meaning 
single motherhood. There's um, a suicide storyline in there. Um, early onset Alzheimer's, end of life care, all of these things. And yet the book is not, in my opinion, heavy at all. Um, so I, believe it or not, did not ever read Still Alice. And I'm so sorry. So for those of you who have recommended it to me, I know, I know, I just haven't read it yet. To my credit, I have also not seen the movie because I wanted to wait until I read the book. So um, anyway, I have so many friends and customers who love Still Alice. I did not read that, so I can't compare that to this. But The Things We Keep um, feels very light. So I don't know. Still Alice didn't give me the impression that it was a light book. Um, this this is. It's kind of got a sweet romantic storyline. Um, there's some funny parts. Um, and, and the romance, even though that's normally not my favorite aspect of a book, I thought it was cute, enjoyable. Um, this was a pleasant book to read. I think it's a great, I like that it's coming out in January because I think it's a great time to read a book like this. This is either a beach book or a cozy up, need a page turner while you're stuck in your house because it's snowing outside if you don't live here or it's really cold and so you need something to do. Um, the Things We Keep by Sally Hepworth, again, covers kind of that heavy material and yet winds up being this really light, um, entertaining uh, relatively fast-paced, you know, you kind of do get enmeshed in the stories, um, and you do become attached to the characters. So um, I think the author did a good job of kind of attracting you to these people, and you want to know what happens to them. So thoroughly enjoyable. That's, to me, the best way to describe that particular book. Um, that book came at a good time for me because I also was reading, I don't always read simultaneously, although at this moment, I literally am sitting in my bedroom because the front porch is a little hot. Um, and so I literally have five books that I'm in the middle of right now because I can't commit to any of them. So this doesn't often happen. But earlier in August, I was reading Americana by Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie. Um, and yeah, I'm pretty proud of myself for finally figuring out how to pronounce her name. I watched a YouTube video. <laughs> um, but... I was in the middle of reading Americana, and it is such a good book. So worth the hype it got a couple of years ago when it first came out. Um, but it is also a slower read, or it was for me anyway. Um, and one of those that I just needed to put down and read something else. Um, I think I've mentioned this before as a as a trick for when you're in a reading rut. Um, often that's because either you're not reading the right book or you're not reading the right book at the right time. So I was enjoying Americana, but I found myself plodding through certain parts of it, and I don't think it's a book that you need to feel like you're plodding through. So I set it aside, grabbed the um, advanced reader copy of The Things We Keep, flew through The Things We Keep, which, again, that just gets me back in my reading groove, like when I actually, I don't know, it's like... Um, I think Gretchen Rubin talks about this. It's like if you have these really daunting tasks, if you just accomplish the smaller tasks first, you feel like you're capable of anything. And so that's kind of how I felt like, okay, I finished this book. Now I can move through my other one. So Americana, I picked up, put down for a few days and then picked it up again and didn't fly through it because it's not that kind of book, but certainly jumped back into that rhythm and really appreciated that book. So um, in case you haven't heard of this one, it's been out for a couple years. It made um, all kinds of top books of, I think, 2013. 
when it first came out. But um, this is a book about two Nigerian immigrants. It's, I guess, a love story. Um, but to me, the love story isn't quite as compelling as the truths about immigration and race and education um, that Adichie kind of moves throughout this novel without ever seeming preachy. This is what I love about fiction is you can tell so many important truths and you can kind of open someone's mind in a way that nonfiction can't always do. Um, And I think that's the power of story. And Americana was in was really compelling. I liked the love story, like that kind of tied the whole thing together. But it was really these perspectives of the um, young Nigerian woman who finds herself in New York City, and then the young Nigerian man who finds himself in London. And it kind of goes back and forth between their storylines. Um, it's never too. It's never confusing. Like that back and forth is not confusing. Um, this is a great book to read. I know earlier this year, um, in light of the events in Charleston, uh, we did a podcast about books you should be reading or you might consider reading about race or the history of racism. Um, this would be a great book to read um, just to open your eyes, again, to different cultures, to different worldviews. Um, and she does it without without beating you over the head with it, which again is just the power of a good writer and the power of good fiction. So it's Americana by Chimamande Ngozi Adichie. Um, And gosh, this was such a good book. I wound up talking about it with Jordan. I had things where I, I would read and then I would think, I would just think, oh my gosh, my mind is a little bit blown because my world can be so small. Um, I think each of our worlds can be a little bit small and that's why reading is important and why traveling is important and why interacting with people who are different from you is important. Um, so Americana, great novel might be one of my favorite books I've read this year, but I'm not sure yet. I'm still, you know, it's only, it's only September. So we still got some time for me to decide, but definitely worth your time. Um, the next book I read was again, this is all about reading rhythm to me. Um, I picked up The Opposite of Everyone by Jocelyn Jackson. This was another advanced reader copy, super advanced. It doesn't come out until February. I love Jocelyn Jackson. I'm not even going to call her a guilty pleasure. I don't feel guilty about reading her. I think she's hilarious. I think she writes about the South um, really accurately, um, partly because she is Southern. Um, I had the opportunity to hear her speak at the bookshelf in Tallahassee, I guess, three or four years ago, and love her. I think she is a delight. So this advanced reader copy came to the bookshelf, and I snagged it. I didn't even let any other staffer look at it. I wanted it. Um, And it is just another, if you like Jocelyn Jackson, you'll like this book. This is just another fun Southern fiction um, story. Uh, Now, I will say she has written other books that, I think I prefer to this new one. However, I finished this book in like two to four hours, which I think authors sometimes hate hearing that. Um, But I want you to know, authors, if you are listening to this small little independent bookstore podcast, um, I mean that as a compliment, generally. (laughs) What I mean is I couldn't put um, this new book by Jocelyn Jackson down. Like I immediately, her ability to make likable but realistic characters 
is really incredible to me. And even when her characters are different from me, I find myself immensely and immediately attached to them. Um, the same is true of the opposite of everyone. Um, this book is a little different from her other books. In just a couple of, uh, tiny, of tiny ways, um, there is some romance in this book, but it's not super prevalent, um, which I kind of liked this time. Um, she also brings in some elements of Hindu culture and ties it into the South, which at first I thought might be a little distracting, but as I continued reading, I found purpose in it and I wound up enjoying it. Um, she also delves into the world of exploited young women, uh, which she does not always cover deep issues like that. She certainly can go dark, um, or gritty, but in like a funny, uh, a funny way, if that makes sense, kind of some dark humor. My favorite book by her, if you have not read Jocelyn Jackson before, I highly recommend starting with Gods in Alabama. Um, I also like, I believe it's Between Georgia. Um, truly, her books, in fact, I'm just mentally making a note that I need to restock her at the bookshelf. She's just a great Southern fiction writer. Um, so be on the lookout in February for The Opposite of Everyone by Jocelyn Jackson. Again, it's got those... Um, this storyline of um, some exploited young girls. There's some, she touches on some things about adoption and uh, just really, really, again, a really enjoyable read. Um, and I think you'll want to read that one come February. Okay, I'm going to do these two together. So I read French Milk by Lucy, oh, and this is ironically the name I didn't look up how to pronounce, um, Nisley, uh, K-N-I-S-L-E-Y, if you're making notes um, for your next bookstore or library run, French Milk and Displacement, um, both by Lucy um, Nisley, Nisley, sorry. <laughs> um, these are graphic memoirs. I had never read a graphic novel or a graphic memoir before August. So in August, we did a small store expansion, which wound up even though it might not look like a lot, it was a lot of work and a lot of money. And um, just when you're adding, just whenever you are in a small bookstore or a bookstore of any kind, understand that books are expensive and they are way more expensive than gift product. And we expanded our store and we're very excited. Part of what we added was a small graphic novels, graphic memoir section. Um, that's not something that's hugely popular in Thomasville. Um, but Chris, one of our new staffers, um, he really enjoys that genre. Finally, I had someone who could kind of educate me in that genre. So we stocked a shelf, um, of these, of memoirs and novels, and I picked up French Milk and Displacement and I loved them. And I did not expect to love them. Um, again, this is not a genre I had tried before. Um, it's not, one I had ever even been remotely interested in. I have to give a shout out to one of my favorite book Instagrammers. Um, she is on Instagram, I believe, as Mippa Piddleton. <laughs> so um, she's an English teacher out in Texas, and she always has great book recommendations. And she had taken a picture of French Milk, which came out a few years ago. I remember when it came out. And um, Displacement. And I thought, well, maybe I could try those. Like, maybe that's where I could start. And I have not done a graphic novel yet, but these graphic memoirs were beautiful. And I was incredibly blown away um, by the talent that it takes to write a graphic memoir or a graphic novel, just the art of it, of it all, I, the, the immense talent that it takes to be able to draw 
and and write um, just the work. I can't fathom it. So if you're not familiar, um, my mother was concerned about graphic novels and graphic memoirs until I explained I'm not talking about um, pornography. What I'm talking about is um, these comic book style books. And um, I thoroughly enjoyed the two that I picked up. Um, if you, like me, have not read this genre and you're not really interested in this genre, pick up Displacement. So I liked French Milk, but Displacement, I thought, was so neat. So it's um, the story of Lucy Nisley and her family. Her aging grandparents signed themselves up for a senior's cruise, and Lucy winds up taking them on the cruise. And so there's, there's all this bittersweet um, family story um, about her aging grandparents and again some elements I guess like the book I mentioned um, a little while ago um, end of life care um, and yet because it's a memoir it's it's funny and sarcastic and her drawings are hilarious and really cool that is not a gift I have at all so I'm just utterly amazed by anybody who can be that artistic and creative. Um, I, again, I haven't picked up a graphic novel or graphic memoir since then, but I loved the two that I read. And again, what it's to me, this is a new, um, tip for if you're stuck in a reading rut. Um, I feel like I've given several over the past few podcast episodes, pick up a graphic novel or memoir because you can fly right through them. Um, and you can kind of pick them up and put them down if you want to. I know Chris has talked about when he kind of gets in a reading rut, he picks up a graphic novel or memoir just to give him something else, another medium to read. Um, it, I, I just really recommend trying them. Um, I had not tried them before and I'm so glad that I did. So the two I'm recommending or the two that I read in August were French Milk, which is Lucy's story of going to France with her mother um, when she was 22, so kind of on the brink of adulthood and graduating college, and and then Displacement, um, which is that story about her aging grandparents and their um, seniors' cruise. So both really great graphic memoirs. Okay, next I read 112263 by Stephen King. I'm going to be honest with you. I heard about this, you know, of course heard about it when it first came out, but I'm not a Stephen King fan, never read him before, never been interested in him before. And then one of my favorite podcasts, the Popcast, um, they mentioned 112263, and I love most of the books that they recommend. And a customer came in and requested this, so I felt like it was kind of faded, so I, was, I thought, okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and try this. I haven't, I haven't done this um, book yet, so I want to go ahead and pick it up. So I ordered myself a copy. Didn't realize it was 900 plus pages. Um, and once I started, was just determined to finish. That being said, I'm not sure Stephen King is my favorite writer. And I, this is the only thing I've read by him. But I think that if I was going to like something by him, this would have been it. So 112263 is kind of a time traveling book about what might have happened if JFK had not been assassinated. I say that because that's the description I was given, and yet I feel like this this doesn't this book doesn't become that description until about I, and I remember because I took note five, until page five hundred and thirty four. <laughs> so um, you have to get quite a ways in before you really hit the JFK the JFK plot line at all. Then when you do, those pages do. Um, Again, I guess this is a high compliment coming from me, but these those pages do fly by. You're you're kind of entrenched and enmeshed, and and you want 
to know what happens and you're kind of looking at history through eyes that you've never used before. Um, you're getting different perspectives you've never seen. That was the highlight of the book for me. Unfortunately, that's just a couple hundred pages at the most. So the rest of it is just really detailed. Um, I mean, the guy's got an imagination because it's all this stuff about time travel that was pretty was pretty interesting. Um, he's also just a really detailed writer, and I'm not sure detailed writers are my favorites. Um, I think that's a taste thing, and I think for me, I just love using my imagination, and if you give me too many details, I don't have to use my imagination, and I find myself skimming instead of reading. Um, so 11.22.63 was actually not as good as I wanted it to be for me personally. Um, and if you're going to read a time traveling book, I really liked the time traveler's wife. <laughs> so, um, it, again, it may just be a taste thing, but, um, I'm glad I read it. I'm glad I can say now that I've read Stephen King or at least one of Stephen King's books. Um, and I was proud of myself when I finished because it's hefty. <laughs> it was 900 pages. Um, and I powered through even though, there were times when I wanted to put it down. Um, good news, if you can make it to about page 600, you won't want to put it down from that point forward. So <laughs> power through. Once you once you get to page 600, it's all, it's all great from there. Um, next, I read For the Love by Jen Hatmaker. This was a complete departure from the other books I read in August. Uh, it's Christian nonfiction. Um, it's essays. I I feel like Christian essays are my favorite way to read quote unquote Christian literature. Um, I hesitate. My brother is grimacing somewhere. He hates the adjective Christian and I've, I've found myself hating it as well, but that's what this is. This is, um, nonfiction essays by, um, by Jen Hatmaker, who is pretty well known in evangelical circles. She's a speaker, author, blogger, um, and I, she, the good news is Jen was a writer before she was a blogger. So if blogger turns you off, like it sometimes does me have no fear. Uh, Jen is really talented and her books, her writing is so funny and real and authentic and vulnerable. And I think we'd be friends or she'd be my mentor or something. Like if I knew her in real life, I just think we'd really hit it off. I loved this book. Um, I snagged a store copy and read it um, late last month, but I'm going to buy my own copy this month so I can kind of go back through and highlight and underline um, because there's stuff I'm going to want to remember. So um, I really enjoyed this book. If you like Shauna Nequist, um, I'm trying to think who else I might compare her to. Um, she's a little more... Um, She's a little more real, or I don't, real, that doesn't sound right. She's a little more um, gritty, <laughs> Christian gritty, than Ann Voskamp. But if you like Ann Voskamp, you might like uh, Jen. I think they kind of run in the same same evangelical circles. Um, this book, it would be a great gift for a young mom. The reason I say that is I'm going to send it to some of my friends because it's essays, so you can pick it up and put it down. People don't have to read it straight through. Um, and you can pick and choose what essays you want to read, although I loved them all. She also has humorous essays in there, so there's fashion essays in there that I found really funny, but there, there are also some great truths about um, why millennials are leaving the church and what the church can do about that. Um, she talks about supper clubs and the importance of strengthening your marriage. Um, she also references Spanx and she sticks a couple recipes in there. So it kind of runs the gamut and I liked it. It didn't feel disjointed. It just felt really funny and honest and 
I liked it because that's the kind of conversations I want to have about faith. Um, I want them to be kind of funny and tongue in cheek and realistic and not pie in the sky, holier than thou kind of stuff. And so if that's what you're looking for, then pick up For the Love by Jen Hatmaker. I feel like I'm talking really fast, but I've got two more. Um, I thought I was done when I finished For the Love because I picked up an advanced reader copy that I'm still kind of muddling through trying to figure out if I like it or not. Um, But because it was keeping me in a reading rut, I put it down and read The Martian by Andy Weir. Um, I read it this weekend or this past weekend. Uh, Surely you've heard of this by now. It's a science fiction book. Um, Came out last year, I believe. It's about to be a movie with Matt Damon. Uh, One of our staffers read it. I heard about the Matt Damon movie and thought, okay, it's finally time for me to pick it up. This book is super (laughs) science-y. So um, there is lots of science. The good news is he's a science writer, so I think it's really cool and fascinating that a lot of the science is accurate. Um, also, the the backstory of this book is really interesting. This guy was a self-published writer, and he was selling his book on Amazon. First, he was posting it, I think, in serial uh, chapters on his blog. Then I think he turned it into a self-published book th- that you could buy through Amazon, and then it's become this New York Times bestseller, and now Matt Damon's going to be in this movie. And I think that is so cool. Um, and, you know, if one good thing comes from, I guess, this world we're living in and technology and Amazon, then I guess it's that writers like this can kind of get their due. Um, so I was. this has been on my to-be-read list for a while. Um, go ahead and move it up on yours because I because I do think this is one you're going to want to read before seeing the movie, I think. Um, most customers who have read this one have loved it. I have heard a couple of people, again, the science stuff can get a little... Um, it can drag to me in parts but ironically um chris who also read this book the parts that he felt dragged i really enjoyed so the book bounces between the diary of this man who has um been stuck on mars he finds himself um after a snafu um, on one of his astronaut missions he finds himself alone on mars so think castaway right but on mars um and he keeps this diary this log so it's in first person and then it bounces back to third person what's happening on earth i actually really like those parts um chris did not um but i thought they helped um round out the diary chapters or the log chapters so i really liked this one it is really compelling like you're going to want once you're into it if you get into it and you'll know within the first you'll know within the first couple of chapters if you're sold if you're sold you aren't going to want to put this one down. You you desperately want to know what happens. It's an action-adventure story. Um, I don't read science fiction, and I really liked this one. So um, give it a try if you haven't already. Okay, last, I read Allie Hughes Has Sex Sometimes by Jules Mullen. I know that I should have known from the title that this book was going to have sex. <laughs> um, but the cover was really beautiful, and... The blurbs on the back were all by authors and even an actor, I think, who I really like. And so I thought I'd give it a shot. Um, Jules Mullen used to be a writer for West Wing. So I was like, okay, I'm sold. Um, This is definitely a romance. And it's not quite the rom-com, like, Diane Keaton, Meryl Streep vibe I thought it was going to be. So 
in the book, Allie is an older, and by older, I mean um, 40s, 50s maybe. Um, I think in the the start of the book, she's 30, so she's not old. Um, but she sleeps with a student, a former student of hers. And then the book fast forwards 10 years, and um, that student is now dating her daughter. Okay, well, that sounded funny to me, and I thought it was kind of be going to be guess who's coming to, to dinner kind of stuff. And instead, it was just there's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of sex in this book. Um, and I wound up just skimming through those parts because I did want to find out what happened to Allie and her daughter's relationship. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if somebody bought the movie rights to this. Like, it would not surprise me at all. Um, because it definitely is a romantic comedy. Um, it's just probably an R-rated romantic comedy. And I prefer PG-13. <laughs> so uh, I will leave it at that. If you... If you come in the store, we can talk about it, and I can tell you if it's the book for you or not. There are some hilarious parts, although hilarious might be too strong a term. There are some funny parts. I don't think I laughed out loud at this book. I wanted to. I wanted this to be really funny, mother-daughter hijinks, um, you know, kind of some some funny parts about age. But now that I look back, she wasn't even very old, <laughs> so, so I'm not quite sure what the big deal was that she was 30 years old and she... Um, slept with a 22-year-old, I guess. I don't know. I don't I don't know why. Now I'm rethinking and wondering, why was that a big deal? So try this book. See if it's for you. I'll be happy to talk to you in the bookstore or email me. Um, comment on our website and we can chat about whether you should try this one. Um, it might be fun for book clubs if your book club likes more R-rated things. <laughs> so this is certainly not Fifty Shades of Grey, but it's just not my typical... I don't know, you've got male sleepless in Seattle romantic comedy uh, <laughs> preference. So um, those are the nine books I read in August, and I feel like I threw, flew through them. Um, but hopefully you were taking notes. Uh, if not, I'll try to leave some of those titles in the show notes, especially the ones I really think uh, that you might want to add to your lists. Um, as always, you can find episodes of the podcast on iTunes or on our website at www.bookshelfthomasville.com. Um, and you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at bookshelftville or Facebook at Bookshelf Thomasville. So lots of different places for us to interact. Again, um, reiterating something I said at the beginning of the episode, I would love to know your ideas for topics or interviews you'd like to see me do. Um, we want to round out this fall with some really great episodes, and so I'd love your thoughts and your input. Uh, as always, thanks for listening, and we will see you next week. <laughs>